Well, hello, everybody. I'm Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and this is the Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. But real gay. How are you? Oh, I am just fine. Y'all, happy Friday. We have a big show. Billy Porter, Demi Lovato, a sauce scandal, Lemus Hot Mess on PBS, Brian Sims Living Donor, Pride and Police, and Trans Bishop, Gay Cora Whore Mormon, Rainbow Capitalism, a Vagina Candle Class Action, and more. Oh, I cannot wait to get all these stories. So much. And wait, Bob Bielenberg already tipped us before the show even started. And I got to be honest, that feels like a lot of pressure. Like, what okay, is Bob. Yeah, we're going to try to be good. We're going to try. We're going to be trying. You know, because on Venmo, he could charge me back. Say, he could say, oh, no, no, just kidding. It was not a good show. <laughs> Half of that back. Could he request it back? Is that a thing? You can Venmo, like you can send and request money. You can be like, hey, you owe me this. So. I've only, I think I've only done that once where I requested it. Um, I, st- I should just start requesting money to everybody I know. Hey, just, you know. Oh, it happens get- all the time. There was some terrible Republican. That seems redundant. But uh, who, like <laughs> people went into their Venmo and realized it was public. And so a whole bunch of people just started sending them money requests. <laughs> Somebody on the Google, see who it was. It's happened a couple of times. I will say in 109 or whatever episodes of this new iteration of this show, no one's done a chargeback. So (laughs) thus far, we've not had a tip take back. Thank you all for tipping and for not charging us back for a shitty show. We appreciate that. Now watch, because I said it, somebody's gonna. But (laughs) whether you just ask for a couple of dollars back. Yes, on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, or whether you're listening back later on Spotify or iTunes, hello. I will say, you know, you love those numbers. Our later podcast listener has dropped a little bit the last few. So it's like maybe some people who hadn't been listening tried it out and said, oh, no, that's Oh, this is not for me. (laughs) It's not for me. Do you notice we just don't even have an ego? We don't give a fuck. I mean, it's just like we would like we would like bigger numbers, but we love our numbers and those who are with us. We love that. So thank you for being here today. And it's on a Friday. I was just thinking, Emerson, Fridays are starting to be more meaningful. It is true. I like I realized this week. Every day I had more than I could accomplish to do in every single day. And I was a little resentful. Oh, were you? I was like, oh, wait, life is happening. You know, I'm not doing a ton, ton more, but there's a ton more to do. No, I'm kidding. Like I was thrilled, but it was like I had to reshift my brain to thinking like I have full time work to do now again. Well, if if you start resenting the work that we do together, I would uh, pretend pretend not to resent it. Put on your acting skills, please, and act like you are joyous that you were happy. To I be know, working. but have you ever noticed that because you're inside my bubble, I am not a very good actress with you. Oh no, 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 you're not. I <laughs> no matter how it. much I think I might be hiding, I think my favorite is that. When I do neutral with you, that like if I do neutral with a stranger, they just keep talking. But if I do neutral and I go, uh-huh, because I don't know where it's going, you go, what? Because <laughs> you know the difference. You know, I might be waiting to say, I don't like I don't think that's gonna work. Well, I do not you care about Westmoreland. Well. You always I love it that you you quote me to be mean to me. Oh, oh yes, that's my favorite thing. <laughs> Using you against you. I see. Interesting. Yeah. I do not care, Kate Westmoreland, are my two favorites. Yeah, if those, those of you who do not know, because he does say that even on the show sometimes, I do not care, Kate Westmoreland was a line in my play Yellow, and it was uh, brilliantly performed by uh, Susan Leslie. Yes, it was just hysterical every time. She's going on and on, and she turns at her, and she, I do not care, Kate Westmoreland, and I love it. Well, okay, I hadn't had a single interesting thing happen in the last three days, but you have a story. Well, I don't know if I should tell it. I just, you should. I tell it. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a very personal. Um, and it that can we've be never a lot. Me before it's never it, stopped me before, but um, it can be a lot. It just can't be a long. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, here's the story. The quick story is this. I thought, you know, I, I started having this stomach ache on my l- left side. And immediately, I don't know if the rest of y'all do this, I just started Googling stomach cancer and, uh, you know, hernias and anything that uh-huh. just pancreat- pancreatitis. 
you know, where's the, I, it's, it's a very good anatomy lesson because you suddenly start, oh, no, no, the appendix is on the other side. All right. uh -huh. Anyway, so I made it, I finally, it didn't go away for a couple of days. So I thought, well, you know, I'm going to go get this checked out because you never know. Uh, I did rule out stomach cancer though, because oh, it's been God. loss of appetite and I was just eating everything <laughs> in sight. Uh, whole 30, but still eating. Uh, mm -hmm. So anyway, I go to the doctor, uh, my great doctor, Mendoza, who is gay and he's lost 40 pounds during the pandemic and like working out. So he's really buff now. Uh, and that plays into this story. And then I said, I told him, I said, you know what? I, this morning, uh, my, <laughs> I noticed that my left testicle was a lot bigger than my right testicle. And I had noticed it before. And when I pressed on it, uh, it, it, um, I told y'all this was going to get personal. Uh -huh. uh, it, it, it hurt. And he goes, Oh, well, let's take a look. So, you know, I drop trowel and and he pulls up this and starts feeling this and with his gloves wait, on. Wait, wait, wait. For those of you listening back later, Dell just motioned holding out his penis shaft and jiggling the balls underneath. Well, you know, just kind of putting it aside. He didn't like caress it or anything. But y'all, I realized it was the first time I'd been touched in a really long time. I was like, the last time I got touched was at the airport when they frisked me down. And I told the guy to be thorough because I was very lonely. And uh, that that did not go over so well. He, I've never gotten frisked so fast in all my life. Um, and so anyway, um, I, 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 you know, I thought of, you know, something repulsive to make everything make make everything professional and then he told me oh yeah you know what and, and i told him also yeah i did a spinning class and it was up and down and up and down on the bike seat y'all i hurt i bruised my ball i hurt my ball and it, it's it, it was some long diagnosis with an e that really long and it's going to go away on itself. Don't worry about me. But anyway, I, I, uh, that, that was my story. That's I'm so relieved. It was tomain and not stomach cancer. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> As Rob pointed out though, remember our story from last time he said, Oh, maybe you had COVID in the balls. I'm glad <laughs> you didn't even know that was possible. Right. during all this because you know, had COVID in your balls only. Thank God or, or whatever. Uh, it's so weird to say thank God uh, when you, you're agnostic. But um, I, th thankfully, I didn't go there. I went to yeah. stomach cancer and then, you know, and I didn't find that, you know, the enlarged until a couple of days later. So I didn't go to testicular cancer. I didn't go to, uh, you know, I start imagining the worst at my age. I thank goodness. I'm so glad. My left one's bigger than my right one in general. I wouldn't know the difference. Well, this was noticeably different. <laughs> Say, oh, <laughs> it had a change. A change it, is going to come. I cannot go to a hot doctor. I have a woman at the LGBT center. My self-esteem just could not handle getting undressed in front of a hot doctor. Well, I wouldn't be worried about being turned on. I'd just be worried about feeling terrible about myself. Like, oh, no, I know, I know. I feel like that's what I would be saying. I know, I know, the whole time. I had a doctor one time who said, you know, you could be in a little more better shape. And I said, well, so could you. Yeah. Um, All right, moving on. I'm going to start doing that every time I don't get to end the segment. Like oh, I tell the thing, you, you, I, I, I just have to accept you are always going to have one more. You are always going to have another good story that we want to hear. You know what I, I sometimes I fantasize about when you're rude to me on the air? I fantasize about just leaving, just uh -huh. leaving the show and see what would happen. But then I uh -huh. thought, oh, then there's all those apologies that we have to do to each other. And I can't go. Oh, no, I, I, I don't think you'd get one from me in that situation. I think. <laughs> Oh, I meant me for leaving the show. I would have to apologize. <laughs> not you. Now look, I am not interested in doing a one-man show. Okay, go, 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 go. Move oh, on. Did you watch Lil Nas X released his next follow-up song to Call Me By Your Name? Did you watch it this I morning? I watched it and I cried. It was so good. Y'all, I mean, as, as, as provocative as Call Me By Your Name was, his new video for Sun Goes Down, I got a tear in both of my eyes. Go watch it. It's just so sweet. And he tweeted about it even before he released it and said, I go back in time in the video to visit a younger version of myself who's struggling inside, hating himself and doesn't want to live anymore. 
I try my best to uplift him and can't wait to share this song and video with you guys. This one is really special to me. Y'all, in the video, you see him back going to prom and he is on the floor in the bathroom crying. And then he's himself now standing behind him like the ghost of gay future saying it's going to be all right. It's just so sweet. Well, let's with, with little Nas X, it's a little more than all right. I mean, yeah. the success that he is having is you amazing. But you know what I like? You know what I liked about it, Emerson. Really quickly, yeah. and, and I, I won't have to end this segment. You can continue on. I like that he didn't just address being gay. He addressed his looks. He said something about being too dark or his lips are too big. He started, and and, and I thought, man, all of us can relate to that, where yeah. we we just slammed ourselves. Yeah. Well, and but I'm glad you pointed that out because that's stuff that's specifically for black queer kids, you know, that's different than our experience that's on top of. Um, it's really special. But yeah, here's the thing, though, about really famous people. It's like when somebody accepts a Grammy or an Oscar or a Tony and says, if you're out there and you have a dream, look. No, motherfucker, most people don't win those awards. Like, well, of course it's easy for you to say, follow your dreams. You got there. That's not at him. That's at the general concept. I just laugh at every word. <gasps> I followed my dream. Well, a lot of people followed their dreams to doing a different job. So, just Well, some people are chasing the wrong dream. Let's be honest. Uh-huh. I agree. I agree. So, you know, I used to say that very first season of American Idol, some people need a Simon Cowell to go, this is not for you. Yeah, I would try something else. I would try something else. I would do something Anything. with my life. Anything else. Um, but I really, really loved it. And I love what he's doing. But it got a little overwhelmed by Olivia Rodrigo's album that also came out. And I feel a little uncomfortable and gracious because I love her voice. And I was listening to those songs coming back from your house again today and thinking I am old enough to be most of her fans' parents. Um, but I'm sure enjoying this like I was my high school freshman and having my heart broke for the first time. I agree. I, never, I didn't know who she was until my daughter said, you yep. got to listen to this, Dad. And it was, well, you were the one that started it, though. Yep. But Caroline said, Emerson and I have been talking about it, Olivia Rodrigo, and I and, and have you heard her yet? And I said, no, I haven't. She goes, Dad, you have to. And, no. and If you don't know who we're talking about, look her up and watch both of the performances from SNL last week, because that is a voice, because she stood on that stage and sang it exactly like the recording. Not always the case in pop music. Uh, and this Saturday, Lil Nas X will be on performing both Call Me By Your Name and his new track. So, and it was not a Simpson style. Yes. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Karen, is that relevant? What the fuck? <laughs> Karen, it's half this show is rarely relevant. I don't well, know. Which what was she asking if it was relevant? Well, I don't know because the comments are 30 seconds behind us, but I just enjoyed that. Like, I feel like that is an evergreen comment while listening to our show. You know, is that relevant? Really, yeah, that's not one of our prerequisites to, to, to do our show. It's the, you know, Karen. For this, free, for this free show that I took a shower and shaved for. All right, on to real news, news, news. Bills, 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 courts, courts, courts. Uh, some frustrating updates, a good one. Um, in Tennessee, they've continued with their anti-trans bills. Yesterday, signing into a law to ban something that's not happening, trans-affirming health care for prepubescent kids. I've been watching some of the trans advocates. Some people have said it's similar to Arkansas, but it's not because it's specifically about prepubescent kids and all of the trans healthcare puberty blockers is related to actual puberty. So it's not a thing that's happening. So it's weird virtue signaling to bigots. Um, but Tennessee, three for three, I believe now. And, but in good news, Alabama's attempt to ban trans youth from accessing gender-affirming health care failed to come up before a vote before the session ended. And y'all, we got to pray to whoever you pray to for that in Wisconsin and Texas and several as we're nearing the end of these sessions. Because then in order to pass them, they will have to reintroduce them next in their next session in the fall. And then another Good thing out of our State Department, another win from the Biden administration, they will now grant U.S. citizenship to children of same-sex couples born abroad. You may remember we talked about that couple in Canada. Um, there's a weird loophole for same-sex couples that because previously they required blood relationship for the child to the U.S. citizen parent. So scenario, say a French woman, American woman married, uh, if the French woman carries the baby and it's her egg, 
that baby was not automatically an American citizen, even though one of their mothers was. Same thing with men. So this closed that loophole to treat uh, same-sex couples wherever they are in the world. Their kids are Americans if one of their parents is. Good stuff happening there. Uh, we got that cleared up about the relevance. Someone said that Trump is his president in the chat room. Karen was saying, is that relevant? Thank you, Karen. <laughs> uh, I love that. Oh, was that to that big old monologue paragraph, Karen? I just skimmed it. I couldn't be bothered. Oh, it's like we get the trolls, Karen, but that's okay. They can Look, I want us to have enough listeners to have trolls. You know, that's, yeah, how you yeah, that's right. Yeah. Troll on, troll on. If you think Trump is your president... Bless your heart. Um, so um, anyway, we got we got so look at that. Look at Mr. Billy Porter in an interview with the Hollywood Reporter. Emmy winner Billy Porter shared he's been living with HIV since uh, 2007 and told almost no one. His character on Pose, Pray Tell, is also uh, HIV positive, and he said, "I was able to say everything I wanted to say through a surrogate." On his on internal conflict, he said, "Why was I spared? Why am I living?" Well, I'm living so that I can tell the story. There's a whole generation that was here and I stand on their shoulders. I can be who I am in this space at this time because of the legacy that they left for me. So it's time to put on my big boy pants and talk. He also said that I was the generation that was supposed to know better. And I think there's a lot of shame in that for a lot of people. And he said, I, I, I was supposed to know better. It happened anyway. Uh, and he also had some religious damage and family damage with his mother. He was uh, so much religious persecution because of his queerness. He said, I just didn't want to have to her to have to live through their I, their I told you so's. Uh, he told her the last day of the shooting of Pose. And she said, you've been carrying this around for 14 years. Don't ever do this again. I'm your mother. I love you no matter what. And I know I didn't understand how to do that early on, but it's been decades now. Good for her. And uh, then he went to work and told them he's got a lot of uh, coming up to do a documentary about his life, a memoir. He's playing the fairy godmother in the new Cinderella and he's directing his first film. And I'm really, I just love him. I, I years ago before he blew up, uh, when Kinky, he had already won the Tony for Kinky Boots, I performed on a cruise with him, Emerson. And he was, he came up to me right away and he said, I saw that you were going to be on this cruise. And I went, Billy Porter knows who I am. And it was because of Southern Baptist Sissies. I love that. And I love it. And I loved watching him talk about it. And I feel like, the honesty of his nuance of like the damage mm -hmm. from religion with his mother. I loved her saying, him quoting her saying, I didn't do it all right at first, but you know, basically a baby, you know, now we're good, don't do that. And then that thing he said about, you know, the shame of we were the generation that was supposed to know better. Within our community, living with HIV, even as a manageable chronic condition, still carries so much stigma, even in our community where we understand and know all about it. And undetectable means untransmissible and so many things, but I know people who are also yeah. living with HIV who there is this, a similar uh, shame related to it. And that's external yeah. judgment and stigma that contributes to it. And as he did here 14 years later, it's a whole other coming out. So the more we work to educate and reduce the stigma of that, the less uh, people living with it feel that from our community or from the wider culture. And he's just a fucking rock star. Yeah, I love it. You know, there, there's something that I, I said to somebody that was a friend of mine who said, said you know, I, I, we, I knew better. I should. And I said, you know what? We've all made mistakes that are equally as big, but the repercussions weren't as much. Yeah. And, 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 and we're so, we're so lucky these days that there is medication that you can treat it with and, and live on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Like if good, if you're a perfect person, go ahead and live your life judging other people. Uh, the number of mistakes I have made. Ye who were, are without sin cast. That, I can't, that's right. I can't live in this big black glass mansion and throw a rock at your house. In my house are many mansions. Oh, I see. They're I all made of glass. I've been to your apartment. Uh, it's not glass. Wow. <laughs> wow. As you all see that 22 minutes later coming back for me. Oh, let me pull the shrapnel out. Well, I didn't go. I didn't say it's not a mansion. I said it's not glass. It's a mansion. I know. And then you said I've been to your apartment. <laughs> I've been to your mansion. It's not glass. How's that? Uh, Be like, 
That's what I'm going to make. I'm going to build me a glass mansion in Palm Springs. Well, uh, you know what? I, what? You do that. <laughs> like, oh, no, you can't live in a glass house. How do you walk around naked? Proud. <laughs> Proudly. <With> pride. <laughs> in other fun coming out news, uh, pop star Demi Lovato came out on a brand new show that they have as non-binary uh, yesterday, day before as well. And as they talked about it, they made, they put out a video and said, over the past year and a half, I've been doing some healing and self-reflective work. And through this work, I've had the revelation that I identify as non-binary. I feel that this best represents the fluidity I feel in my gender expression and allows me to feel most authentic and true to the person I both know I am and am still discovering. They did add, I'm still learning and coming into myself. I don't claim to be an expert or a spokesperson. And then they brought on another non-binary activist, Alok, uh, to talk more about it. So congratulations to Demi and to the non-binary community for a big, very visible uh, member. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, again, so, so sad when someone can't just celebrate who they are and someone has to pick it. I went to her Twitter feed and I was just appalled. I mean, there, there, there were, there were, of course, there were the good ones, but just people are just coming at for no good reason, just, just awful trolls. So I say, let's celebrate each other, y'all. You don't have to understand each. I don't understand Emerson, but I celebrate on a daily basis. That's right. Um, Wait, hold on. Todd said, are you saying his apartment is a dump? Not at all. It is no, not. No, he was saying it's small. Y'all, it is. How do you think Blake always ends up annoyed at us doing this show? Because he cannot <laughs> get far enough away to not hear my voice. Well, I don't live in a big old mansion. So we, we, it just has a couple more rooms. But that's uh, it's all good. We got yeah. we're, we're, we're happy. That's the thing. We're happy. Today, we're happy. All right. We've got a sauce scandal in Oklahoma. Oh, it's a Chick-fil-A sauce scandal. Uh, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt uh, sent out a fundraising email recently with the headline, Chick-fil-A has a, sh uh, a sauce shortage. Then he says, you read that right. Chick-fil-A has a sauce shortage. And uh, you want to know why? Because of uh, Joe Biden's radical liberal policies. I can't even read this with a straight face. Uh, who is paying the price? Everyday Americans. He then uh, gets going by saying Joe Biden, Biden's politics have real world consequences. He doesn't seem to be tuned into. He's more concerned about appeasing the woke liberals with his out of touch radical socialist agenda. Well, here in Oklahoma, uh, we're fighting back against this out of touch agenda and standing up for everyday Americans. We're a second amendment statutory state fighting back, uh, uh, oh, sanctuary state fighting back against PETA's vegan agenda and are reopened for business. Conservative governors are the absolute last line of defense. We're fighting to block liberal policies and promote common sense. Now notice he said common sense, common sense policies to bring down the prices of gas, to lower the cost of groceries and to make sure that Chick-fil-A never has another sauce shortage. Now, I did a little research, Emerson, and uh, Chick-fil-A does have a, sh a sauce shortage, yeah. but they do not, in their press release, they do not blame Joe Biden. <laughs> no, I also looked up the sauces they are short on are Zesty Buffalo, Classic Chick-fil-A, Herb Ranch, and Polynesian sauces. Well, I tell you one thing. If it hadn't been for the ranch, he wouldn't have said a word. I, I thought the same. I thought, you know, y'all could get around without your classic Chick-fil-A, whatever that is. Uh, but a zesty buffalo. But if you don't have ranch, you'll cause a riot. You're going to, you know, but some of these states who are in the bottom 10 of education and, um, you know, poverty and all kinds of shit, these governors should maybe concentrate on that rather than the sauce shortage at Chick-fil-A. I know. I also have to think, you know, I try to think that we're all created equal, even though we're not. Uh, we're not. How stupid do you have to be to think that it is Joe Biden's fault that Chick-fil-A doesn't have your ranch? <laughs> I mean, like for you to get that email and go, you know what? It is Biden's fault. We don't have gas or ranch. I mean, there goes like 70 percent of the neighborhoods I grew up in. You know what, Emerson? I have to say something about you is that... Uh, you produce this show and you choose all the stories and you assign the stories 
And you always give me really good stories. You're not a selfish, but you could give me the, the, the awful stories, but you give me the fun stories. And I thank you for that. You know, we all make, we all do what is in best interest of the art. Anytime there's a Southern bigot or a pastor, I get thrown a good story. And here's the way I do it, y'all. I go through and go, is there a good, is there a good pastor story? Dale. Is there a good religion story? Dale. Is there a complicated story that happened across like four or five days and five or six different stories that I have to synthesize? I'll go ahead and take care of that one. <laughs> He's gonna have are there any stories with really difficult words? I'm gonna take those. <laughs> but every now and then I might want throw one to Dale just to show everybody I'm uh -huh. You know, <laughs> just so I can sit and go, it's this. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, bless their hearts. Uh, this next one, this she's very sweet. I just thought it was sweet. We've talked a lot about ja Drag Queen Story Hour, uh, you know, and people being all upset about drag queens reading books to kids as though they're going to, I don't know, turn them into something. Like it's not just a different kind of clown. But one of the original creators of Drag Queen Story Hour, Lumis Hot Mess, and I love her name, yes. was on PBS on a kid's show called Let's Learn in New York and did an episode in March to read from her own book, uh, Hips on the Drag Queen Go, Swish, Swish, Swish. And I love that she referenced that old children's song. I could just hear it reading the title. And the book teaches the importance of feeling fabulous inside of our own bodies. And I love that she got to be on PBS and read from the book with this very appropriate message for children of all ages. She encouraged her audience of three to eight-year-olds to shimmy, to twirl and shake their hips as she read. She said, being a drag queen is about being bold, shining bright and showing a little bit of bravery, being willing to step outside the box and to dance to our own beats sometimes. Now the producers reportedly only received a small number of complaints since the episode. And you can get her book that the hips on the drag queen go swish, swish, swish. It came out last year and it's available anywhere. But I just loved that. I think it all I think it also proves, Emerson, that uh, bigots, uh, ignorant bigots, do not watch PBS. <laughs> also, and I'm hoping too that we're wearing some of them down. Yeah, hopefully. So it's like it's a lot of work. To I wouldn't even know how to call a TV station. I mean, like I know I could go to the Google, but I feel like it's just those people who have the handwritten list taped next to their phone with 18 feet of cord that's still on the wall. You know, that, that probably doesn't have a cell phone and it's still dialing on a rotary. Uh, you know, call it, it, what was the Little Miss Hot Mess on my <laughs> television? Can you explain her to me? I don't I, think that's appropriate. Had to walk down to the 7-Eleven and put in a couple of quarters. I know. How much is a payphone now? 50 cents? I don't know. You were at one recently. I saw you on Instagram. Sure was. It, was a, it was at the Madonna Inn. They had it in their lobby. So it was just odd. Like I didn't have to put anything in. You just picked up and there was a dial tone. I see. But good for her. And y'all, if you've got a kid, go get that book. I just loved it that she launched. Uh, I'm going to order it right now because I have, I'm going to see my, my twins, my friends, twins. And she actually and saw it on Instagram and said, oh, yay, I could send y'all a book. But I said, you ma'am, you worked hard on that. We can buy it. I will buy it. Thank you. Well, okay. Let's go to some, uh, some, some really sweet news uh, out uh, Pennsylvania house rep, Brian Sims, who we love. He's got such a great mouth on him. I mean, a mouth in terms of, uh, we love, well, he does have a good mouth as well, but he, but I mean, he speaks <laughs> with conviction and I really love him. He revealed last year that he was a living kidney kidney donor, a man who lives about ten blocks away from him, was dying of uh, of kidney failure, and Sims was almost a perfect match. Uh, in his update, he said, "Family, last night my parents came into town for the first time since my surgery last January, and we had dinner with the recipient of my kidney and his husband. Families come in all shapes and sizes. Ours is pretty special." He said, "Last month I was walking through the city to my office, and I passed a table, and I did a double take. My recipient, Alan, and his husband, John, were sitting having lunch—a perfectly normal, healthy, happy couple sitting in the sun, enjoying each other's company. It was perfection." I stopped and we held back our tears and just tried to enjoy the normalcy of days that are truly a gift. Uh, so he's been encouraging other people thinking of donating uh, and uh, you can go into kidneyfund.org and, um, and, and check out if you want to give away a kidney. Um, I, um, you know, what's so, so, admirable to me about this. I, I don't really know anybody who has done that. I know people who have donated 
to a loved one or to uh, a friend. And, yeah. uh, but that was, that's just, that's just a good person. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, people that do cross matches, like they do those big circles where it's like, I'm donating to this person because someone close to them is a match to another person is a match to my person. Um, and if the most impressive part too of that is that he wasn't going to tell the story, you know, because people say, no, you did it for the political optics of it all. But he came out and told the story. Remember last year we did that story on Brian getting so angry at the Republicans in Pennsylvania because there was COVID in the house and they didn't tell anybody. And of course he had a surgery. And so he told the story about immunocompromised people. And that's the only reason he even revealed it mm. to the public at all. He thought about, you know, it's very common. It's something they can do very easily and well, but it is a very selfless thing to think, you know, it is so there's always a risk with the surgery uh, uh, to give literally of yourself uh, for another person to survive. Absolutely. Like, you know, you, I know I'm just thinking right now because I thought about it while reading. Like I would need to sit and think, you know, you know, for a minute and be like, OK, let me like prepare and like work through like what that means, you know, for me in my life. And of course, you got to. Well, it happened to me one time. I think you know that that was yeah. a good friend of mine needed a, a kidney trans. I'm not a kidney, a liver transplant. And I was a match. And uh, it's it, it, that's a much more complicated one. It takes about six months out of the the, the donor's life. Uh, but I did say, I said, you know, if it gets down to that point where you don't get a cadaver liver, I'll, I'll step up. But, uh, you know, we're, 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 if you're about to lose your life, I would do it. Yeah. Uh, but for somebody I loved, I don't know if I could do it for somebody, you know, some random person down the street. And it's also, it's okay it's to think about all the implications. But Leslie just said here in a comment, my niece is about to have a kidney transplant. The donor is a complete stranger wow. on Facebook. You know, it's, uh, it's y'all, when we talk about, you know, being who is really good and who is really selfless, there are some things that are clear determining factors. And that's just amazing. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, we've reached the halfway point of our so, our show. So if you would like to join Bob in financially contributing and supporting what we do here to bring you what we think is interesting news and important nonsense, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. And if you're listening back on the podcast, don't worry, we accept, accept cash all hours of the day and night. It's been it's been piddling off over the yeah <laughs> as the world's reopened and and pearl necklaces and uh and and jewelry uh clear, I, in this particular scenario I only accept literal from the ocean pearl necklaces oh. <laughs> I don't need yeah. a jizz donation I wasn't talking about that I should have I should have chosen you know, opals. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. How very specific. I'd love an opal. Yeah, an opal or a, opal. I, or a nice car, a nice, uh, you know. Opal sounds like she'd be the hoity-toity character from one of your plays. Yes, opal. opal. She's, a, she's a real good Christian. She tithes. Oh, she thinks. <laughs> so I feel like she might be the kind to more likely say, you know, Jesus loves you, so I don't have to. Uh-huh. She, she also uh, thinks oh, that, wait. what's that? Rob said, we can tip with Speedos and cock rings. Go, bring it, Rob. There you go. All acceptable. Um, all right, so uh, going on, I want to discuss with you all, and I really do want to hear what your thoughts, because it's a wide range of opinions on a complicated issue of, of police at Pride, in Pride uh, parades. And I want to share two things before we get to the discussion, but feel free to comment away because uh, a lot of stuff happened with New York Pride this week. But a new study from UCLA a couple of weeks ago, I've been hanging on to this story, uh, looked at data from the generation study of LGB people and the public police contact survey and found queer people are six times as likely as the general population to be stopped by police. Nearly seven times as many LGBTQ people were stopped by police for reasons other than those involved in a vehicle. Yeah. And that doesn't even account for race and black people and people of color within our community. And it didn't include trans people because the study didn't originally. So consider that as we get to this week, New York City Pride, the organization behind it, announced they will not allow police and correction officers to march as groups in the parade until at least 2025. 
They're taking those steps because they said the sense of safety that law enforcement is meant to provide can instead be threatening and at times dangerous to those in our community who are most often targeted with excessive force and or without reason, obviously, especially people of color and trans people. Then Tuesday, the New York Times published an editorial calling it a misstep, saying barring LGBTQ officers from marching is a politicized response and is hardly worthy of the important pursuit of justice for those persecuted by the police. Let's be honest, it's a poke in the eye at law enforcement more than a meaningful action to address police violence or foster a dialogue about law enforcement reform. So, and then last night there was some news that maybe they're walking it back, maybe they will be able to walk out of uniform. Um, and I do think this is complicated and I think it's something we should be talking about in our community. You know, the original pride was a reaction to police behavior and yes. treatment of our community. Now, New York Pride has had a contingent of police officers goal, the LGBT organization in the NYPD has marched for many years. Uh, but with the conversations of the last year, really listening to how black people feel, how people of color feel, and how trans people feel, it's different than some of our experience, you know, where we may see compromise. But I stand in the, if we don't listen to how our most vulnerable community members feel, and ensure that this thing that's supposed to be a celebration for them is what? What are we doing? But you know, and it is complicated. It's very complicated. But mm -hmm. I always say, you know, with with Christianity, with 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 gays, with anything, you can't throw everybody into one big pile. And I've been to many, many prides, and anytime that I've seen. Uh, police officers marching who were gay police officers, I felt nothing but pride with them that they were there in their uniform marching with us, showing their pride. So I, I have always, I've never had an adverse reaction. In fact, I have been so grateful many times. I remember being at Knoxville Pride, being Grand Marshal of Knoxville Pride a couple of years ago before the pandemic. And I remember it was that awful thing that happened where that pastor had called for the death of gays at the, you know, and, and, and there was so much more police presence there. And they were all so gracious and speaking to us. And, and one of them actually came up to me and he said, I want you to know that you're protected here today. And um, so I don't know. I have, but that's I, the point, right? Cause that's your experience. But the right. whole point of this conversation is if a black person comes and they have the opposite reaction to the exact sure. same visual that we do, you know, um, and well, I think that's something black too that they I mean, they're saying that there's a, I mean, this report says that there is uh, seven times as many LGBTQ people. It means, you know, in what, well, I mean, how do they sort us out when they stop? Is it, you, it says, Nearly yes, LGBTQ times many LGBTQ were stopped by the police. Yeah, versus it, it doesn't segregate. It doesn't say right. You know, so, so there's a lot. I mean, you know, and I have been on that other side, as you know. I've told you that story privately, where at the airport, where I, I'm convinced that I was I was cuffed and treated differently because they knew I was gay. So, but it also this isn't saying they can't come to Pride. This is talking yeah. about like uniformed organization, because like you know. You can go to Pride as whoever you are. There are lots of jobs that have uniforms uh, that people don't wear to Pride. The McDonald's worker doesn't wear have to wear that uniform to attend Pride, to be a part of Pride. You know, there are requirements for what you wear working at The Gap or other places. These people can all still attend. But I had been on the other side of this for a long time, but just really thinking of the conversations we've been having about how other people's interaction with the systemic issues in policing Certainly, it puts LGBTQ officers in an interesting position, but maybe sure. asking of them to do the work they're changing at work and also stand, understand why in this space, that uniform means something scary to parts of our community. Yeah, I, am, I get it. I get it. Uh, any, any, any thoughts? Kevin said the LGB group should, the NYPD should be a part of the parade. Ken said, no need for the uniform, just walk and enjoy. Doug said, I think anyone who's an ally should be welcomed. Absolutely. Especially police that are part of our community. The other issues can be worked out elsewhere. How about those marching with them, putting some good suggestions for betterment in their ears that may carry on to their fellow officers? And no one's denying, 
the work that like Goal and those organizations are doing. Um, and then Danielle said, my concern is about people who may come into pride with weapons wanting to do harm, like what nearly happened several years ago and needing a deterrent or protection. And I will say that NYC Pride did say they would have private security and community leaders and volunteers, and there will be NYC monitoring at the city level outside of uh, as well. So it's like, this is more about the group walking in the parade in uniform. Right. And Ridge said, I believe the officers that march in a pride parade are on our side and in NYC, there are all colors. Absolutely. And that's where it's like acknowledging each of our experiences and doing our best to make it a day that is the most welcoming to the most members of our community. Um, right. You know, is how we have to keep talking about it. Absolutely. Thank you all for engaging in that. And, and, I, and also, and I think it's really good and it's okay to have nuanced conversations on these things. And I'm really working myself to consider beyond my own perspective and experience because some things that seems like, you know, why is that a thing for somebody else's experience? You know, we want to make sure everyone's welcome. And that's the, the end point. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, we've got some uh, some uh, reverend uh, some reverend news. Reverend Megan Rower, pastor of San Francisco's Grace Evangelical Lutheran Church, was elected bishop to uh, 180 congregations of the Sierra Pacific. Uh, I, I guess that synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. They are the first trans bishop in America in a major Christian denomination. In 2006, they became the first trans person ordained to the ELCA. And in 2014, they became the denomination's first trans pastor. When they came out in Augustana at Augustana University, classmates sang hymns to try to get rid of their gay demons. Uh, they said a campus pastor let me know that God didn't have a problem with me being LGBTQ and their religion professors took on the role of being their congregation to support them. So uh, interesting and lovely when someone has the, those individuals who step outside and say, you are part of God's community, you are not uh, uh, an abomination. So I'm yep. so happy, and Megan. Doing my research, I found that they were on one of those LGBTQ people in religion summits with our good friend, Matt Hayes, who has a brand new podcast he just started called Fagnostic that y'all uh, should subscribe to. We're going to be on it, he said. He said we're yeah. going to talk to us about coming on the show. Um, um, but I loved that. And I was like, you know, but and the work that they are doing. And it's just impressive. People changing. I wanted to ask them, though, and maybe I'll send them a message and find out. Which hymns did they sing? Which hymn would you choose to get rid of a gay demon? Um, you know, which one goes with that? I mean, I know Lutheran, like everybody has their own songbooks, but I'm not sure which hymns, lyrics, particularly specifically apply to the gay demon exorcism. Yeah, I, I, didn't know. I don't I don't have any. I don't know any hymns. Of, I mean, there's some fucked up hymns like there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, but or Emmanuel, that's a lot of blood. Oh, a lot of blood and people. And, and then the sinners are plunging in it. So it has to keep going. Also, that's a murder hymn to get enough blood out of a person to fill a fountain, even a small bird feeder one. You killed that person. That is Emmanuel's murder song. Well, you know, the Baptists love those blood songs, power in the blood. Are you washed in the blood? There's a lot of blood, a lot of blood. One of those. Um, all right, this next story, we shared the horrifying tragedy um, out of Iran and Ali Reza Fazeli Monfred that was killed by his family. Uh, and journalist Masi Alinejad, who shared the story first, just shared this video I wanted to play for you all of activists wearing pride flags in public in Iran, an act that could put them in legal jeopardy. Uh, so I want you to watch this. And for those of you listening at home, I will share with you the, the screen titles as they are rolling along because I thought, you know, we talk about pride and we're having nuance about our pride parade, but no one's really, really in super danger the way once upon a time at our big city pride parades. But these are young LGBTQ people walking the streets of Iran in, in, in truly uh, what could be dangerous situations. So I'm going to put 
So the text on the screen, and you just see the back of them walking wearing the pride flag says, in memory of all victims of violence fighting for their freedom, we exist, we're humans, and we do fall in love. We're in Iran now. We know what we could be arrested, killed, executed for doing this. We exist, and just like many others, have two eyes, feet, hands, we fall in love. Clerics consider us corruptors of the earth. State TV censors us. The education system says nothing about us. We exist. We fall in love. We've not harmed anyone. We only mind our own business and they call us corruptors of earth. They make fun of us or even kill us when they find out about our sexuality. We exist and we will fight until we are victorious. Let people see us. We too have the right to live and fall in love. And it was just such a reminder, specifically, mm. right, as we have this conversation about our own prides <clears throat> of what our community faces in so many places around the world. And they're just walking slowly in this video <clears throat> and thinking about the extreme bravery of that act uh, in that situation. I love seeing having a very strong uh, comment right under there that what you yes. just posted. Yes. Uh, your, your friend, right? Yes. Um, uh, so, um, we have, uh, you know, more, more, more religion here. Uh, remember, y'all remember that story? Uh, remember, remember that story about the uh, Mormon sex therapist that got kicked out for teaching on masturbation and, uh, supporting LGBT rights? Well, Hank Smith, an assistant teaching professor at BYU's religion department, was tweeting in defense of the church deci decision to kick her out. After he announced several women who supported her, Calvin Burke, an openly gay student at BYU and practicing Mormon, jumped into to defend the women. He tweeted, on behalf of Mormonism, I apologize for Hank Smith. Then Smith clapped back, responding to him as a Korahor, Korahor. I think that's the way in the book uh, of Mormon, Cor, it's yeah, it's Korahor is a it's a false prophet and uh, antichrist who claimed Christ did not exist. Um, God punishes Korahor by making him mute, and the crowd then tramples him to death. You know, that's what they do. Casual, but just you know, just mute. But you know, why didn't they just trample him instead of making him mute first? I guess so he couldn't scream while he was being trampled. I don't know. After backlash, Smith deleted and uh, he apologized for the tweet, uh, the clapback. However, Burke, the student, has now received public death threats and hate. He posted he wanted to go to a school in a place where I can feel safe. And last night was confirmation, albeit brutal, that even with my testimony, I am not safe or welcome at BYU. Uh, BYU spokeswoman declined to comment on whether um, Smith's actions were being reviewed or even if he would be punished. So there's uh, Calvin Burke. Um, and it was so interesting. And, you know, we've talked a lot about college students lately. Um, I think about the kids in the REAP lawsuit and thinking about Calvin just wanting to go to school. And it's very sweet. I went to his profile on Instagram and it basically says, hey, I'm just a boring gay Mormon. If you're here because of all of that stuff, there's, you know, I'm just deep in Mormon philosophy and all this stuff. So welcome. But that's just who I am. And thinking about you're going to college. You're just supposed to be able to learn and grow and thinking about getting and having to like hold accountable someone that's above you at your university for being hateful and misogynistic about this awesome sex therapist that we learned about. It's a huge applause to Calvin. I would not have been capable of that at that time in my life. I wouldn't have been thinking the same thing, how, how I have to admire those uh, in high school and junior high, even in, in college that are using their voices. Like uh, I, I was a big loud mouth about other things, but boy, was I closeted and could not, could not even deal with it myself. Yeah. Oh, and remember that rainbow why that we did the Mormon, the story of BYU where all the kids went up on that rainbow day and made this, yes. they turned it rainbow. He was involved in that as well. So um, kids showing up and doing the work, even in environments where it's hard or hostile. Well, hopefully, so hopefully some gay dean or, or, or ally will say, come to our school. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Or, you know, that reap lawsuit will work out and people won't um, have to... People won't be able to do that. Yes. All right. This next segment, y'all, there is so much pride merch being launched. There, I saw like four different kinds of pride tennis shoes this week. 
So for through June, I'm going to do a new segment talking about them. We're going to call Rainbow Capitalism. We've talked about this through the years. And we are fortunate now, and I'm a huge fan of like, it's great to see the stuff in the stores. There are closeted kids in different places who don't have it, or it's not in their stores, but they can see it online. And that's great. But there is so much happening now that we can hold these companies accountable to make sure they're doing real work for our communities and not just grabbing our dollars in June. So make sure as you buy Pride merch, if you enjoy it, that you check where that money's going. Is that organization donating per purchase? Are they making a lump sum donation? Do they say they're donating at all? And I will try to share that information as I find it as well. Because uh, I feel like it's important to know. We want to be supporting people that are doing more than saying, well, they say the gays have disposable income. So let's see. But this first one, I love, love, love. Uh, Lego for Pride for the very first time has announced a rainbow set called Everyone is Awesome. Everyone is awesome. Like the theme song from that movie. It's 11 monochromatic, non-gendered figures. They make a rainbow. And their rainbow includes the black and brown stripes from that Philly Pride flag that started in 2017 and the trans flag colors. They don't have faces or clothes and they aren't assigned genders. They're supposed to be to represent individuality and be ambiguous. You can make them into whatever they want. And the story from the designer was actually really cool. Uh, he had made the set just for his own sitting on his desk, Matthew Ashton. And then they said they wanted to do one and he brought it and said, I made this. He said, I wanted to create a model that symbolizes inclusivity and celebrates everyone, no matter how they identify or who they love. Growing up as an LGBTQ kid, being told what I should play with, how I should walk, how I should talk, what I should wear. The message I always got was that somehow I was wrong. I wish as a kid I'd looked at the world and thought, it's gonna be okay, there's a place for me. I wish I'd seen an inclusive statement that said, everyone is awesome. Now he did say that the purple one right there in the middle with the big old hair is a tribute to all the fabulous drag queens out there. Mm. 64 pieces, you can only get it through lego.com starting June 1st for $35. Now I could not find on their website where and what the don donations were going to, but that there is a LGBTQ designer with a specific message. I did love this. And you know what? Our good friend Danielle Paris is a huge collector of, look at that, of Legos. And Danielle, you are not to buy that. I am buying it for your birthday because your birthday is, I believe, June 26th. So don't, don't you dare pre-order that. I went there today before I read that June 1st. I go, I'm going to get this for Danielle. So yes, and I have made fun of Danielle for years for all that Lego, but now I'm going to contribute to her obsession because I love, love, love this. Yeah, I loved it. So a good one. Oh, it's me. And of course, Emerson has given me the vagina story. Uh, last year, we told you about Gwyneth Paltrow. So uh, this smells like my vagina candle. I was going to say Gwyneth ridiculous Paltrow. This smells like my vagina candle that exploded in a woman's apartment. Well, now Colby Watson in Texas has filed a class action suit claiming his candle. I'm so confused why he had it uh, exploded and his bed. I guess he wanted some vagina smell in his. Uh, oh, look, the pandemic was long. I'm no, judgment. no judgment. Put the candle on it. The smell of Punani to get him through. Watch some porn and you get it, it comes alive. It's um, smell of vision. So, but anyway, he's 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 got mad. He it, his bedstead. It was on his bed, it engulfed in vagina scented flames. Just engulfed his room. Now he wants a jury trial because it could have cost him his life. Uh, he was not injured, but he wants compensation for him and other candle owners who, through no fault of their own, purchased defective and dangerous vagina scented candles. The complaint um, claims that Watson and other candle purchasers have. Now I'm going to, he's Texan, so he experienced and or will experience significant damages, including but not limited to mental anguish and or physical injuries, loss of the use of their candles, time spent seeking to have their candles replaced. Why would you want another one? And money lost on the purchase of new safe candles. A warning. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm warning on the, <laughs> this smells like my vagina candle. <laughs> Does not say to burn it, it for longer. Say. Does say not to burn it 
for longer than two hours. Now, but, before you do the last piece, like, sir, I'm so sorry. Like, okay, so your candle burned some stuff down. You should get paid for that part. But time spent seeking to have their candles replaced. I love that he describes it like he's looking for the lost Ark of the Covenant. Like you can't just walk down to the Rite Aid and get you a dollar candle. Like, where are you going, honey? Well, it, the Rite Aid candles don't smell like vaginas. Well, I know, but this one's sold out. And he can't get it replaced anyway. That's it. There he's were no being ridiculous. She made a follow-up that said this smells like my orgasm. Just so you oh, know. Oh, good for her. Which yeah. I assume is like, is the vagina candle, but with joy thrown in. And I was worried about sharing my testicle story. Uh -huh, uh, when it was first introduced, a Canadian company uh, wanting to highlight that uh, gender pay uh, gay was going to charge. Yeah, a pay gap. Oh, a pay gap. This is a pay was going to charge 100 versus Goop 75 for a candle that called This Smells Like My Penis. So I guess it was like musty, kind of musty after a workout penis. Now, look, we're going to talk about the range of smells you could get on. Yeah, a I know. I don't want any. Is that, you know, that week long any. dick cheese? Is that no, fresh no, 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 spring no. out of the shower? You could do a whole range of this smells like my penis from like day one, just out of the shower, all the way through week long workout. I told you years ago, I had one of those candles and it had like some kind of, you, you know, it was like a prosperity candle and it had a bunch of like sage or something. And, it, it, and at a party, it lit up a, 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 a lamp. But all I did was go down to the store and I said, y'all, this, this thing burns and I need a refund or, or, or another candle. And they did give me one, but I didn't feel, I didn't think about suing. Well, here also, if you're paying $75 for the smell of vagina, I believe there might be a sex worker who would give you a discount and you could get the real thing for about that. But the pandemic. I know. Well, I'm just saying she could, you know, wave her hand in front of it for a little while in front of a gallon Ziploc bag and you could put it up to your face and huff it if you had to. You think Gwyneth is worried? I feel like Gwyneth is probably not concerned about this lawsuit. But as Rob just said, can you imagine being on the jury in that case? Rob, oh, I would live for it. And I would desperately want to be. So I have, I have a follow-up question. I have never wanted to be on a jury, but I would so want to be on that jury. I would love to be on that hey, jury. Uh, Colby, I have some questions. Um, now, where are you going to get your next? What was the original thought behind this? Are you a Gwyneth Paltrow super fan or did you just need the general scent of the general vagina wafting through your room? And did you put it in the living room or is it a bedroom touch yourself thing only? Do you use it in the morning or is it a night? I have questions, Colby. And why did you pay $75? I mean, also, I hate to ruin it for everybody, but that this smells like my penis candle was unscented because it was to prove a point. And I couldn't tell whether they actually ended up making them. I searched for a whole five minutes and couldn't find it. So as Ken said, if you're paying $75 for a candle, you have bigger issues than this. <gasps> Y'all, I found a mint and eucalyptus candle at Target that's $10 that I love so much. We bought five of them just so we did, just in case they run out. I love candles. I, I I need to order some more, y'all, because I usually like these candles burning behind me. Uh-huh. For scenery. It's oh, like, yeah. I, but but did you remember that one exploded in one of our shows? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It is the thing that can happen. Y'all gotta be careful. But like the amount of effort to sue somebody, Colby, buy a new candle and move on. I mean, Gwyneth, write him a check for that end stand and let's be done with this. Yeah, let's get, get send him some more goop project, but goop. Just send more him goop. $5,000 gift certificate to goop. Oh, uh, that would, that would probably only buy you like a, a jade vagina egg and a patchouli stick. Well, she stopped doing movies because she's so rich over goop. Uh-huh. Hold now. One final quick little fun thing in cute animal news. The Sea Life London Aquarium this year will have not one, but two same-sex penguin couples for mating season. Oh. All female pairs of Gentoo penguins have been preparing their nests, collecting pebbles, and waiting in anticipation because they may potentially adopt unwanted eggs from other penguins. So we send our best witches to brand new couple Marmalade and Chickpea and lesbian power couple Marama and Rocky who raised an egg they adopted together in 2019. They already know how to do this.
I just love that lesbian penguin. But didn't, uh, didn't some penguin couple steal an egg? That was the gays at a different one, I believe. I believe that was two, two male penguins that stole somebody's at a different one. <laughs> not like, without my baby. It was not look, making the gays look good. It was even in the animal kingdom, they're just thieves. I know, basically the equivalent of that band snatching kids from the mall. <laughs> like it's all well and good boys but you have to take an unwanted egg you can't just snatch it from somebody while they're taking a dip no 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 that's not right <laughs> that's not right <laughs> and we aren't either um <laughs> one more time a huge thank you to erica and let me get back to my email bradford who also tipped during the show i love that name and you hadn't so far, please consider giving us a dollar, ten, a hundred, several thousand for the effort we put into this on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. Now, let's see if you can do this quickly. You have fun weekend plans besides teaching class? Uh, no, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to hang out with uh, Rebecca Shores. And, oh, yay. And uh, nothing, nothing huge. Maybe a yeah. some walk with my friend Bev. Um, oh, wow. A Walk to Remember, even. <gasps> a Walk to Remember, that was that Mandy Moore movie starring Shane West. I walked past him today in West Hollywood on the way to my Starbucks. Oh, is he Very doing okay? Is he looks good. Very good. good. I mean, the hat pulled down, but I was like, oh, I know you. You're in that Mandy Moore movie where, spoiler alert, she died. Uh, Ken Hartzell said that Brandy, our friend Brandy Clark is on the Opry tonight, but we need to say this. Leslie Jordan is on the Opry tomorrow night. Yes. Um, so a, we got Brandy tonight and Leslie Jordan tomorrow night. Can uh, we watch that? What's that? Is it broadcast? Like, I do not know that the answer to that. Ken, can you broadcast? Is it broadcast? Can we hear We're not it? not looking around long enough to find out. Y'all can check the Google. Uh, yeah. Well, um, and I've been thinking tomorrow, I'm going to watch Eurovision, the finals. I'm very excited. Oh. Because for the first time ever, Peacock signed a deal. So they're streaming it so we can watch the whole thing without having to do a weird internet. So that's streaming, that big worldwide American Idol fun thing. That's my you know all the cool shit. I like it. It brings me joy. All Erica right. said, Erica answered. She thinks it's streaming. So if you can, stream Leslie at the Opry. And yes. go whatever you do. Take care of yourselves. Have fun and enjoy your weekend. Yeah, we love you guys. Thank you for joining us. We will see you on Tuesday. Bye-bye now. Bye.